This podcast is sponsored by Kangen Water. Change your water. Change your life. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Hello, and welcome to Life Coaching Comedians. Here, there's no client confidentiality because it's funny. I'm your life coach, Lexis Chardet, and today I have a new client joining me, Shan Spees. Shan has an everlasting love for tacos and broccoli. She did not specify if she eats them together. She also has an everlasting love for reading that began in the second grade. She won a trophy for her reading talents, and it is still her prized possession today. Shan has taken a leap of faith by quitting her job at Apple to become a full-time comedian because she's needy AF and needs attention 24-7. I hope you enjoy our session. Well, hello Shan. Hi. How are you doing today? As good as I can be, probably, considering our worldly circumstances. I'm loving the positivity. (laughs) I'm really excited to have you here. I haven't had a lot of ladies on my couch lately. Me either. (laughs) You like the ladies? Uh, Sometimes. Yeah, me too. Sometimes. It's a mood thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, what brought you in today? Um, you know, there's just a, a lot going on in the world, and I don't know. I'm a little, I don't know, I, I'm a little, like, introspective, I guess, mm. lately. Okay. Yeah. So what have you been introspecting? Well, you know, I feel like the last two months, time has just felt like, I feel like it's been like 10 years. Mm. So I've just been thinking about like how to live in the moment, you know? I don't know. That's really important living in the moment. I've been working on that too. It's interesting how there are moments where are periods in our lives where we're so present and so fulfilled and then we have these weeks or days where we're just in our brains. It's terrible. Yeah. Brains suck. Brains do suck. Mm -hmm. Have you been in your brain lately, or you're pretty good about staying in the present? Um, I've been drinking a lot, so I've been pretty good at staying in the present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, drinking can help for that reason, as long as you're using it in a healthy way. Yeah, that's why they call it um, a spirit, so to speak, because it can be a joyful spirit, but... If you drink the wrong kind of alcohol that doesn't suit with you, it could turn into a demon. Oh, yeah, for sure, definitely. Or a deity, an evil one. <laughs> Just keep the scotch away from me. Yeah. I do have some wine. Thank if you, you. If you would like some. I usually yeah. don't like to push <laughs> alcohol on my, you know, my new clients, so to speak. But I figured, you know, it's a lady, ladies day. It's not very often I get a lady on my couch and... Loosen you up a little bit. Perfect. We love wine. (laughs) We do love wine. We do. (laughs) These glasses are really special. Yes. Um, You know, I don't remember where I got them. Most likely the dollar store. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
because I'm cheap. <laughs> so, um, tell me what's been bothering you lately. Um, mostly like, I don't know. I feel like I just have had like a weird quarter life crisis mm. when all this happened. I lost my job. Um, and then I, you know, I had just started comedy. I just left a job that I was at for a really long time. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, I've just been seeing the same, like, five people. Mm -hmm. And, like, some days I, like, love them. And then other days I'm like, I just want to see a new person. Yeah. Anybody new, yeah. Yeah. So that's why you're here. You wanted to see a new face. Yeah, I needed to see a new face. I appreciate that. Um, So are you in a good place after losing your, your job? I mean, I'm on unemployment, so... And I'll have a job to go back to if I want it. Mm -hmm. I think I just, this whole thing has made me think like, hey, maybe I don't want to be working at this type of bar or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. maybe I want to put more effort into comedy and Mm -hmm. the things that Mm -hmm. I creatively like. So a new comedian. That's so exciting. Yeah. How has it been so far? Um, It's actually been, it sounds so weird given the circumstances, but it's been really great for me. I, um... I only really got into it because I was at a, I used to go to my friend's open mics all the time Mm -hmm. when they would perform. And so what's really cool is like, I already was in a friend group with primarily Mm -hmm. comedians. And so there's just been a lot of support from them Mm -hmm. and then from complete internet strangers on all these virtual mics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is that mostly what you've been doing or did you do a couple regular open mics before? Yeah, I did three. I did three regular mm-hmm. open mics. Where'd you go? Uh, the first one was at Devil's. It mm. wasn't, I was not planning to go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just there to watch. The day before I had quit my job at Apple where I was for three years mm-hmm. and then I was just going to watch and then all of a sudden I was like, fuck it, I'll throw my name in the hat. Mm-hmm. Basically, um. And then the second place I went was the concierge, where mm, my friend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. runs a show there, or ran a show there. And Who's then your friend? Cam Sneed. Oh, he's been dodging me. I've been trying to get him on this couch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He does that. He does do that. I think I intimidate him because I'm the woman of his dreams. That's probably exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. He's very shy. I tend to like shy men because the aggressive side of me wants to come out, but it's borderline predator. (laughs) And with the whole Me Too movement going on, I don't want to be associated with the negative side of it. So anyway, I'm sorry. This isn't about me. This is about you. Um, So you did the concierge at Cam's show. Yeah. And then you did another one. And then the first one that I actually wrote jokes for... Uh, was at the what's it called the, the woodshed? woodshed? Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, um, I've actually never been there, but Alice Vlappy was mm-hmm. uh, running a good show there, and then she switched it over to the um, the ramen house. I forgot the name of it. I don't know, but that's I mean that's why I went is because Alice and Cam were both there, and so I was just like. Yeah, I'll go to another one. Oh, this is tasty. It's so sweet. Mm, this is dangerous. Yeah, way too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yum, yum, yum. So how did those first three, like, well, tell me about the first experience. How did you feel? I honestly, it was, 
it was so frustrating because I used to hate stand-up comedy. And so when I went up there and I felt, I just told a story, like a true story of something that happened to me. And I filmed my whole five minutes and like I got a lot of laughs, but it, the most thing that, the best thing about it was that it just felt so like natural coming out of me. I love public speaking to start mm-hmm, with. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, like, I don't know, it just felt like the best kind of attention, I think. Mm. The ego liked it. Yeah, the mm-hmm. ego liked it. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't know if I was going to do another one. And what actually happened is I was uh, I was shopping um, at Buffalo Exchange, and I parked next to Urban Beans. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go get coffee afterwards. And, um, well, my dad is a comedian. Oh. Okay, so when I went to that first show. Is that why you hate it? Do you hate <laughs> your yeah. father? Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm mixed emotions. Daddy issues. Okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but I, I saw a bunch of people that I knew from, like, coming out here as a child mm-hmm. um, that knew my dad. And it was so weird. Um, Dietrich Shelton, if you know who that is, he was I there. I love Dietrich. And I hadn't seen him since I was, like, a kid, like a small kid, maybe mm-hmm. a teenager, I don't know. And so when I saw him at that mic, um, I was, like, shocked because I hadn't seen him since I moved to Arizona. Then... Like, a couple of days later, I go to Urban Beans to get coffee, and I see Dietrich Shelton just there. And I was mm-hmm. like, why are you at a vegan coffee shop? Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I just keep walking. That's go a inside. thing? Vegan coffee shop? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's completely vegan. I mean, they have food, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I go inside, I order coffee, and then I turn around and I see Zach Allen, and I was just like, mm-hmm. I, why are there so many comedians here? And he's like, there's an open mic right now. He's like, are you going to sign up? And I was like... No, <laughs> I like ran away and went home, but like stuck in my head. I was like, how did I just, I go to this place all the time, mm-hmm. but I just happened mm-hmm. to accidentally go in right at the time that a, a mic was starting, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I like, like astrology and signs and stuff like that. Stars have a line. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh, maybe it's a sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, okay. So why were you frustrated with the first, with the first show? Um, I wasn't frustrated. I just... I, I, it felt good, but, um, I don't know for, it's just my personality for like a couple of weeks into it. All of my friends were referring to me as a comedian. They're like, Shan, you're a comedian now. I was like, I'm not a comedian. Or I'd say something and they'd be like, Shan, write that down. And I'd be like, no, it wasn't funny. Like, and mm-hmm. I had to like battle with myself before I was just like, okay, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And then how did, so the concierge was your second show and how did that go? So it's so, it, the thing that's the most frustrating is that um, I wasn't sure, because people in the Phoenix comedy scene, like, know my dad, I wasn't sure, it was hard for me to make jokes about him, because I didn't know if I wanted people to know or not, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it, the first, like, few shows that I did in person were, like, kind of solely based around getting over that fact of, like, yeah... So my dad's Charlie Spies. You know Charlie Spies? Oh, okay. So, like, he has a reputation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and so everybody, like, felt the need to, like, come up to me and be, like, either be, like, is that really your dad? Or be, like, um, you know, no matter what people say about your dad, like, I like him, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and do this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, honestly, like, the virtual shows, it's, like, I just, I... It's just the timing. After those first three, I was like, I don't want to make jokes just about my dad. 
Mm -hmm. I don't want to, like, I want to be me. I had a conversation with my friend and, like, came to that conclusion. So, yeah, so those were, like, my first three. And that's kind of why I was, like, this feels weird. Should I be doing this? Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think that's good that you're developing to be your own person, right? I think it's still great to do jokes about your dad, but there's yeah. a time and a place, yeah. you know? Um, maybe where you know it's a scene that knows your dad really well that would hit very well, or mm -hmm. maybe if you're doing a longer set and you talk about parents and, you know, being a daughter and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, don't you don't have to rush into it because a joke is never undone. Yeah. You've got to constantly work on it and figure out what works for you. Um, do, do you find it uh, challenging after doing your first three shows and then doing a virtual open mic? Like, how did you feel about the response that you get on a virtual open mic since you're not really, you're really only hearing the laughter of, like, the host, right? So what's cool is actually, um, so Devontae Easby, like, puts on a really good mm -hmm. mic with my friend Chris, and he, his was the first one that I did, um, and I, at the time, I think the most challenging part about it is you could hear everyone because they would unmute themselves so mm -hmm. that they could laugh and stuff like that. But um, you can't see anybody when it was on. You couldn't see anybody when it was on Skype. So you were just seeing it was f like flashing through different people's faces. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, my first couple of like virtual mics, I just like. I, I kind of tune people out like I kind of tune the response out a little bit mm -hmm. just so I could like. I don't know, focus on... Did you feel like you're practicing by yourself, kind of? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how I felt. I, I did I did a two so far, and to be honest, I'm kind of dodging them a little bit. Yeah. But I'm not a comedian. I'm a therapist, or a life coach, <laughs> not a therapist. I'm not licensed. So. But, um, yeah, I find that interesting, the virtual mics, and I wonder if it will continue once the comedy clubs are opening back up. Something that I'll say for them is that I feel really lucky because even though I only have done three mics mm -hmm. because of the virtual mics I've been able to like try jokes out on so many different demographics because there are people coming into the mic from like New York or mm -hmm. you know there was somebody from Ireland in one of them mm -hmm. just like there's somebody from Malaysia the other day Expanding your comedy network. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's a positive thing for it. Um, I've also, like, I've done a few roasts. I hosted a roast on, a, on, a, on Zoom. And, like, although there are challenges, I think, like, I think that it's helping to build, at least for me, like, a behavior where I'm always writing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I'm always trying stuff out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good. So what do you feel like uh, you need advice on, whether it's comedy-related or life? I don't know, dude. Uh, I just, like, don't... I've been single now for since June. It's the mm. first time I've been single for, like, more than two months. Mm -hmm. So Are that's, you one of those girls that's always in a relationship? Yeah, usually I was, mm -hmm. yeah. Are you afraid of being alone? Um, I don't think so anymore. I think, I don't know. I think now I'm just like bored of being single because already. Yeah, but it. But here's the thing: is like, it hit me when like quarantine started happening, and I couldn't mm -hmm. go out and like 
meet new people anymore. Then all of a sudden, mm. I was like, this sucks. Mm. Do you like yourself, Jen? Uh, I I love to hate myself. Oh, there <laughs> yeah. it is. Moment of truth. Go ahead and swallow that down. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me. So, so what is it? What is it about yourself that you don't like? I don't know. I think that I'm just like super obnoxious and I am like, I don't know. I feel like I uh, make myself kind of a victim where I put myself in situations that I know aren't smart situations. Okay. Let's back up just a little bit. Um, has there been someone in your life that you looked up to or maybe a past boyfriend that used to call you obnoxious? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know, I, I just kind of own things as character traits that people have said about me or mm-hmm. I think they're going to say about me. Mm-hmm. And You don't have to identify with those things, though, Shan. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I would say, I don't know if anyone's ever called me obnoxious. I don't think so. But I think I'm obnoxious. Let's just be real. I'm super obnoxious. But I love being obnoxious. I like making people feel uncomfortable sometimes, you know? Yeah. Because, for one, people that can't be comfortable being silly or obnoxious, they're not really living life. Yeah. Like, people take life too serious. So I think you should accept you and all your obnoxiousness or just don't identify with the other people who place characteristics on you. Like, have you ever been to a job interview or filled out an application and they ask you, what are, ask five of your friends, what are the t- three characteristics that they would use to describe you? Mm-hmm. That's some fucking bullshit. <laughs> it really is. I think uh, the real struggle is with identifying with anything. Yeah. So uh, do you think that you could uh, embrace the characteristics that you think that you come up for yourself? Yeah, I think so. I feel like I do a lot of the times, but then when like I'm not received properly or how I meant to be or I don't know, I uh, upset someone by like just being me. I, that's when I kind of like, I'm like, oh. You know, I've struggled in my past with codependency and making people feel comfortable. And I think that there is this fine line between respect for other humans, which there's really not a lot nowadays, and make, having to change yourself to make someone else comfortable. Right? Yeah. People need to take more responsibility for their emotions. Now, if it's someone that you have a really good relationship that you care about, then there's a little bit of compromise, right? You could probably take a little bit of responsibility, especially if you do something like vindictively to rise an emotion out of them. Yeah. But if you're being yourself and you're being loving and you're being kind and you're being respectful... And maybe you say something funny or something that someone else finds offensive. That's not on you. Yeah. So you have to decide on a case-by-case basis, right? 
Like, which moments... Fuck it. That's their problem, right? You're yeah. going to get all riled up. You're going to get your panties in a twist. I'm not pulling your wedgie out for you, right? <laughs> or if it's a family member, a boyfriend, a friend, a girlfriend, right? Someone that you're choosing to commit to and confide in, then maybe, yeah, you could take a little bit of responsibility. But you also have to have that conversation with them that they have to be responsible for, them, for this, themselves and how they feel, right? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like people tend to avoid that. Oh, they really do. They really do. Everyone wants to blame everyone else for what they're feeling and their emotions. I still struggle with it. But the thing is, I'm aware now. I'm conscious now of what's triggering me. You know? People are triggered left and right from things of the past Things have nothing to do with you. So why should you apologize? Because, I don't know. Give me an example of something you did. Mm. I don't know. I'm on the spot now. Sorry, I put <laughs> no, you it's on okay. the spot. But <laughs> let's say, um, hmm, I'm trying to think of a good example. Oh, like, let's just say you give someone a compliment. Like, oh, let's use Cam Sneed for an example, right? <laughs> Said, you know what, Cam? He was doing this uh, dating show thing with uh, with uh, Lamar Mitchell Jr. And it was, you know, comedians finding someone to date. And I told Cam, you know, if that that doesn't work out for you, you know, you... You let me know. You let me know. I'd be more than happy to try it out with you. And I gave him a little bit of a hug, and the hug was just a little bit too long, right? And, and, you know, I apologize, but it's not my fault that he was uncomfortable. I didn't touch him inappropriately. Maybe I did touch him inappropriately. Um, But, you know, double standards when it's a woman, maybe. I don't know. What was I talking about? Um, no, I totally get what you're talking about. You're talking about... I was trying to... It was a, it was a terrible example. <laughs> it was a terrible example. But, yeah, I mean, you, you can't hold the weight of the world on your shoulders, so to speak. You're very, I can tell you're a very strong woman, right? And we take on more than we really need to take. Yeah. I think I just get bored. Yeah. <laughs> Take on projects. Yeah. Cause chaos. We do. What was the last time you took yourself on as a project besides the comedy writing? So I um, I actually got diagnosed last year with bipolar disorder. Mm. So that's actually like why I've been single for since June pretty much is because I started going to therapy. I started taking medication. I was in and out of work at my old job. And I was trying to figure out, like, what do I remove? What do I add that's going to help me to feel balanced, help me to feel structured? Um, I think, like, I always look for, like, security. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I used to, like, look for that in relationships. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that, like, I've been working on it since, like, June. And there's still like bad times like 
Oh, there's always going to be yeah. ups and downs, yeah. even if you're not bipolar. <laughs> and I have to applaud you for like taking responsibility and seeing, okay, what can I do to make this better, right? Yeah. Uh, would you say that you're, do you have like mood swings that are pretty drastic or? I think like the worst, honestly, for me is in the last couple of like weeks or whatever is like drinking and it's just and here I my am friends. giving you I know. wine no it's fine um, I'm, not <laughs> I'm a life coach there's a difference um and so you know with the medication that I was taking if you if I would drink too much like I'd black out and so mm. I had I hadn't been drinking too much since I've been on the medication mm-hmm. until pretty much quarantine and so of the three times that I've ever been blackout drunk in my life, two of them have been during quarantine. Mm. So I think that... How, like, mu- how much... How much... do you, Have you noticed, like, how much it takes? Yeah, so I just... Um, I do this thing where I chug beer really fast. <laughs> and it's, like, the thing that I do. It's, like, my party trick. In or, college. I, I didn't even... I went to school for art and oh, never, like, went to typical. a commuter school. I was an you art know. student, too, and I <laughs> chugged a lot of PBRs in my day. <laughs> But, like, I can chug anything. Like, I can chug IPA. And so that's the issue is I'll get, like, a pack of White Claw, which is 15 bucks for 12. When mm-hmm. I used to go to Gracie's, it was 6 bucks for one, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my limit was two, and I was mm-hmm. fine. But now when you have a whole box and you're just, like, there's nothing else to do, mm-hmm. and then you chug four White Claws or nine, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a good time. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I think that's what causes like the worst, you know, consequences from my actions mm-hmm. and words is like mm-hmm. if I drink too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you're aware, right? Yeah. And I think you can give yourself a little bit of slack because everyone, anyone that drinks is going through that right now. Yeah. Everyone. I mean, I saw this really funny TikTok video of a man jogging through his neighborhood on recycling day. And he opened up every single recycling bin on the street and they were all filled with wine bottles because it was like the first week of lockdown. Oh my gosh. So, so ev- funny. everyone's resorting to that. First, it was the food and supplies. Then, when he went to the store the second week, all the alcohol was gone. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Um, but, you know, there was another question I wanted to ask you. Oh, yes. Um, are you familiar with your chakras? Um, I've taken, like, the Enneagram tests that Mm -hmm. talk about it, but that's about as much. I think that would be something helpful to you, and maybe you should consider reading into it a little bit more, Um, because it is about balance and aligning, right? And um, you had mentioned a few key words that instantly made me think chakras, right? You had said that, you know, you need security, right? Um, You care about what other people are saying about you, right? So security, that's your base chakra, your tribal chakra, feeling rooted and belong to a group, and then feeling, you know, um, feeling like accepted by other people. That could be a couple different things. That could be your solar plexus chakra. That could be your throat chakra. Um, I imagine you probably have a very strong throat chakra because you love the public speaking and you, you love doing the comedy, right? Yeah. So, um... Has there was there something that happened in your youth that um, made you feel not secure? How 
good of a dad is your dad? <laughs> I think we all want to know. So I, um, my parents had me when they were 16 and 19. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so uh, two years into my existence, uh, my dad moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. My mom said, no, we're not going to L.A. And so we stayed. And so there was, like, I had multiple, like, stepdad, like, probably three or four, like, significant ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I moved to nine different schools. Like, I never mm. was in one place for very long. Um, yeah, I actually had planned to move to New York this year. But I, like, made a certain group of friends that I just... Uh, connected to differently and I decided to stay Mm -hmm. but um yeah when I was a kid I just used to move around all the time so your mom remarried a number of times or she just had like boyfriends she had so she was engaged to somebody for like eight years um who was like a big part of my life and then um she remarried when I was like 13 I want to say and they've been married since then uh my dad I started seeing him more when I was 13, I would come out here for summers because he moved to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would see him over the summer, court mandated, but like <laughs> I would see him over summer and Something, Christmas right? or, yeah, or Thanksgiving or whatever that was like. Um, off and on, I didn't come out every summer, I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, I've always had like a phone a phone friend relationship with my dad. And then mm-hmm. my mom was really strict, but uh, also, like, I didn't find her very, like, credible when I was a teenager or a mm-hmm. kid because I had witnessed so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely relatable. I was uh, kind of phone pals with my biological father as well. Um, however, my mother um, is still with my stepdad, so he was, you know, my my dad growing up and so um I I would imagine though if my mother was you know married and engaged multiple times that maybe I would pick up on that same habit so do you do you see yourself maybe repeating a maybe a generational pattern I mean it very well might be Mm -hmm. the fact that I'm even doing comedy is like the craziest thing to me (laughs) because I hated it so much did you hate it because your dad was doing it well it's because he was doing it and a lot of the jokes were about me when I was a teenager and so I would Mm. come out I'd be the youngest person in a comedy club or bar and he would talk shit about and he'd be talking shit about me on stage yeah Mm -hmm. he'd have some like 24 year old be like oh like what's your name like how old are you (laughs) yeah I'm like 15 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) not a great experience yeah well a little resentful so Seems like you got. It seems like you got a little revenge talking about your dad, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you think you got it out of your system? Yeah, I mean, I. It was funny because there was a time where I made a joke and he had come on to watch and he thought it was about him, and it wasn't. And mm-hmm. I had to be like, you know, like, if I'm gonna joke about you, I'm gonna be able to say it to your face because I'm probably going to say your name because it'll go over better, Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know? mm -hmm. And, uh, and he was just like, well, I respect that. Like, I'm never going to make a joke like all, um, secretly, like, uh, I don't even, I'm trying to find that word that describes like, uh, discreet or like, like in a sneaky way. Yeah. in like mm -hmm, a sneaky way, mm -hmm. like 
um, like a passive aggressive way. Oh yeah, yeah. passive aggressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. 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 Would you say that um, you're in a place where you need to, or maybe you already found like forgiveness for your parents and how you were raised? Or are you in any you a peaceful place with that? Yeah. So when I moved out here, I um, I moved out here and I initially lived with my dad and. Uh, actually, that was, like, probably the first time that I confronted him about anything. And then I ended up not talking to him for, like, a year and a half. So oh, just wow. recently, mm-hmm. since, like, when I started doing comedy, pretty much, I started talking to him again because I was talking about him and I didn't mm-hmm. want to talk shit behind his back, you know? See, that's so, see, that's how I can tell you have such a kind heart because... You could have easily been like, yeah, dad, you talk shit about me on no stage all the time. Now I'm going to talk shit about you. <laughs> but you were respectful. And, you know, you said, hey, dad, I'm going to be telling jokes. I don't even know if you call him dad. But hey, you know, <laughs> sperm donor, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to be telling jokes about you on stage. I want you to hear it from me first. Right? That, that speaks volume on your character, you know. Appreciate that. Even though your character doesn't matter, your character's up to you, you know, but yeah. it does. It shows that you're a kind person and, and a kind soul. And, you know, I think, um, I think you're going to be okay. I really do. I think you'll do well in comedy. Um, I mean, I haven't heard any of your jokes yet, but I mean, like, you have this funky personality, you got a cute style, and I mean, you got comedy running through your veins, so, yeah. How are you feeling right now? I think I just feel, uh, I feel good. I just feel really like, I don't know. I feel like really unsure of what happens next, mm-hmm. you know? And that's okay. That's it. It's good to be in the unsure, right? If we're truly living in the present, we're not thinking about the future. Yeah. Back to square one <laughs> where we started living in the present. So I think being unsure and saying I don't know is more than okay. It's actually the right answer. <laughs> right? I'm pretty good at this, aren't I? Yeah. I, I mean, usually so. that's what you say, but you weren't saying it. So I'll write a review. Right, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. I didn't say it would be good, but I told you I'd write one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's fine. I, I, yeah. As many stars as you like, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm really glad that you came in today, and I would love for you to come back again sometime soon, maybe like six, ten months, maybe a year into your <laughs> comedy journey, whenever you feel like you want to come back and and let me know how things are going. Sweet. Yeah. Um, and we have, you know, tons of listeners and, and viewers out there, and if you want, if you want to let them know how they can get in touch with you... Um, yeah, find you. absolutely. Um, so I just uh, actually started a podcast. Oh, wonderful. So I have two Instagrams. I have one for the podcast. The podcast is called Seriously Shan. Um, is it serious? No, it's like more like Seriously Shan. Like that's oh, how I picture it. Okay. Seriously um, Shan. <laughs> yeah, it's not serious. My last guest threw up on the podcast. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Was there drinking involved? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's my podcast. That's going to be SRS, uh, Seriously Shan. I, I don't know how to spell the Instagram tag, but my Instagram is just at Shan Spees. I uh, spelt my last name wrong in honor of my dad for spelling our last name wrong first. It's S-H-A-N-S-P-E-E-Z. Nice. Yeah. 
Otherwise, it looks like spies. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening and joining in today. Um, If you'd like to get in touch with Shannon and find more information about her, feel free to visit our website at lifecoachingcomedians.com. Be sure to take care of yourself and do yoga daily and meditate and do your yams. (laughs) Namaste. Thank you for listening. Have you been feeling stressed, low energy, horrible mood, poor focus? Maybe you should give Moon Juice a try. A daily supplement to increase your energy, lower your stress, and give you a better mood and focus. Feel free to check it out on our affiliate links page at www.lifecoachingcomedians.com forward slash support. When you shop with any of our affiliate links, you're supporting this podcast because we earn a small commission through your purchase. It's that easy to love the podcast that loves you.